The following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. We're the Philadelphia fans. Jones, I'm John Brown. Welcome to the show. Talking 76ers today. Talking your team, your town, your 76ers. On Wednesday, Sixers beat the Lakers. There'll never be a time in life where that won't be good. There'll never be a time in life when a win over this uh the LA Lakers ain't a good thing. I'm always here for beating the Lakers. The question is, how telling is that win? How, you know, is that, is, is, can that be used? Can that be considered a statement game? I ask you, Mike Jones. Um, I'm looking at my calendar. Uh-huh. January. January. Yes, it is January. Okay. So then I'm going to have to go with no. No, no statement. I mean, this, this, this isn't, uh, this isn't something. It's a regular season game at home for the Philadelphia 76ers. And they are known to perform very well at home during yes. the regular season. Yes. Even under Brett Brown, not having any shooters prior to all of that. This was a team that performed well at home during the regular season. So... With the new coach, the retooled roster, and everything else, to win a game by one point at home when you were up significantly with a few minutes to go in the game, it's yeah, we know they have the talent to play with anybody, but you, you, you wow, what am I really? What did well, I learn about like this the thing? show? We we're not even three minutes into the show. You just killed all the joy, man. Just, just rained on the parade, peed on the cornflakes, whatever you want to, you know, whatever. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm a fan. They beat the Lakers of the Sixers. They I'm, beat LeBron. I like, I like how this team is constructed. Yeah, you like LeBron. You beat LeBron. Hopefully, that builds some confidence. Beat LeBron and AD. They had them both. No, no load management. Yeah. But whether or not the Sixers had the talent to compete with the teams at the top of the league was never in question. Mm -hmm. The question is, how are they going to do in a seven-game series? How are they going to do when they have to go on the road? Things like that. And I still don't have answers to those questions. You you still don't have answers to that, but I I think there is a cause to – there's reason to believe, and I'll, I'll put it to you like this. I like I, I like the mix of younger players and veterans. Danny Green kind of started mm-hmm. the, he started the season kind of slow, but he start he's played better ball. 
Mm-hmm. Seth Curry uh, missed some games, but has still been a, a, a good contributor. They went out. They went out this this off season. You know, as much as you and I have talked about the need for spacing, the need for shooting. They went out and got some shooters. You know, they got mm-hmm. some people who put the who who go and get you buckets, get you mm-hmm. jumpers. The spacing is better. The offense seems to flow better. Absolutely. There's now now granted all of these things are mm-hmm. improvements. They're, this but, team has improved. And, and but I I will tell you this. All right. I I feel like I I feel like they improved but it, they're they're they tweaked they kind of tweaked what Elton Brand was trying to do last year. I felt right, like let me, El- ask you, okay. let me ask you a question. What's up, man? Baby. In the last season, what would you have said the major questions about the 76ers were? I think the major questions about the 76ers were who's who's gonna hit jumpers? You know okay. they when other teams got when other teams went on runs, mm-hmm. who is the guy who's going to hit that shot to stop that run? Okay. Who's that run stop? Who is that run stopping shooter? Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Who's the run stopper now? I think it's a collective effort. I think it's you can it can be Seth, it can be Danny. Tobias is playing better ball. Okay, so Seth, Danny, and Tobias. Did last night's game answer the question for you? And Tobias hit the game with it. Mm-hmm. But did last night's game answer any of the questions for you about whether or not these guys can get it done against the playoff competition in the playoffs? It, did, is I, that a Did those questions get answered for you? Did they get answered last night? No. Mm-hmm. But I think and that, and but, that was mm-hmm. the, and, and when you said I like I took the air out the room, I, that wasn't necessarily what my intention was. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, coming out of last night's game, I don't know anything about the Sixers that I didn't know going okay. into the game. Okay, okay, Fair that enough. was that was more see, of what, see, I, there, what I meant. There you, I, I feel the air coming back. I feel, okay, because Not, I feel, because I, I will put it to you like this. Now I understand. We we talk about this. We said you can only play the teams that are on your schedule. Mm-hmm. But. We ha- you know, team hasn't played Brooklyn yet. Hasn't played Milwaukee yet. Mm-hmm. Played Boston. Played Boston well. Without Tatum. Without without Tatum, but still. But they I played them well, but they played them without their best player. I I will tell you, the way they played them, do you feel like Tatum makes that, that much of a – do you feel like they wouldn't be able to do what they did against Boston if Tatum was there? Again, I feel like they have the talent to compete with Boston, no question. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That, like, I, but I, I don't. I don't think it was a question that they had the talent to compete with Boston in previous years either. It's simply a matter of how the talent comes together. And this year, like you said, it seems like there's a better blend of of personalities versus a better blend of skill sets mm-hmm. on the court that allows the t- team to have a better flow to their offense. No questions about that. Mm-hmm. But we knew that after game one, game two this year, that the players complimented them, each other better. 
the questions we have now are, okay, so if you get into a tight game against a playoff team and somebody needs to be able to create a shot for themselves or others, do you have a guy that can do that still? I still don't know. Mm-hmm. I still don't know. Tobias was able to exploit a mismatch against Caruso, who's a little undersized in that matchup. And that's not going to be the case in every situation where you could just take take advantage of a mismatch. A lot of times you're really going to need somebody who can make a play, go get a bucket for themselves or a teammate. And your one ball handler on this team, your one true playmaker is a guy who's usually shying away from having the ball in his hands in those big moments because he doesn't like to shoot and doesn't shoot free throws particularly well either. Mm-hmm. So I still have that question. If we're in a tough game, a tight game down the stretch and down one, down two, and this team's your play, your opponent's really locked in defensively, who's going to create that shot? I still don't know. So let me ask you this question. Because I feel like Despite the fact that the, the Philadelphia 76ers are 13-6, and six, mm-hmm. number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I know it's January, but if they're going to release this, if they're going to release that, the, uh, that matters. If you they're going to release the standings, if they're going to make the standings public, then you might as well say something about it. 13-6. and 13-6 and six is 13-6. and six. I'm not going to knock mm-hmm. that. They're winning games, playing well, playing good basketball. Playing good basketball. Wins over – I mean, you can only – they got they they have wins. They have mm-hmm. quality wins. They've beaten Boston. They've beaten the Lakers. My question to you is because I feel like Philadelphia as a fan base, Philadelphia is 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 a yeah but town. No matter what team it is, no matter what they're doing, there's always going to be a yeah but. And I feel like that yeah but is once again Ben Simmons and his unwillingness to shoot. I ask you, are you over Ben Simmons? Are you over Ben Simmons? What do you mean when you say over? Like, look, he is. You and I have gone back and forth. Like, about, am I ready for him to go? Is it re- ready, ready for him to go? Is it is like, look, man, he is what he is. You know, are you over him? Or is it like we before the trade? to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia was a potential a, a potential suitor for a James Harden trade. I didn't want to trade Ben Simmons. You didn't want to trade Ben Simmons for James Harden? No. Why not? Harden is 31 years old. Ben Simmons is 25. Mm-hmm. Harden is definitely at a point of his career where he is what he is. And you, I heard reports to just today where um, I believe it was Tim Legler saying that the reports coming out of the Brooklyn Nets are there started to have some problems because James Harden is the one who's not really sharing the ball with his teammates. Um, James Harden has never been known to be a defensive stopper. And as we've both already said, the team this year seems to have a good flow to their offense. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want 
to disrupt that by bringing in a Harden for Ben Simmons because the other part of that is if you get rid of Ben Simmons for James Harden, not only are you asking James Harden to be your primary scorer, but he's also going to have to be your primary ball handler mm-hmm. because there's no else on the roster who can really do that job at a high level, mm-hmm. which means you've got the ball in Harden's heads all the time. Not a, not a scenario I'd be looking forward to. So so for me, I'd rather have what Ben Simmons brings to this team than what James Harden could have potentially brought to this team. But there are people absolutely losing their minds who felt like Philly was so stupid to not like like there there were people who were like you know I don't know if I would trade Ben Simmons for James Harden because quite frankly I'm not quite I am not quite sure that James Harden makes them so much better as a whole like Mm-mm. yes james harden will come in would. james harden especially if he was able if harden was able to get the buckets that he could get and uh-huh. and b could still play at the level he's been playing at this year uh-huh. you're still talking about you know harden putting up 30 35 points a game and b putting up close to 30 points a game but look look what they sacrificed defensively uh-huh. this would be a team that gives up 130 points a game you know, for everything, easily. easily for everything that you said, for everything that you said, and so it's like I look at where this team is, and quite frankly, and I'm a, I'm going to be real. It's like I we talked about this yesterday, and we said we we would talk about this today because you see that Brooklyn is going out there trying to get a big man, trying to get some size because they have no rim protectors. Mm-hmm. I think. As currently made up, I think I like Philly's chances against uh, Brooklyn. As currently constructed, as, as, yes, as currently constructed, I, I would expect Brooklyn to make some moves on their front line. Yeah, yeah. like before right, the year is over. Like right, but well, here's the thing, and, and and but the names that they have talked about are names that don't necessarily scare me. If you're a Sixers fan, do you really care if they bring in Andre Drummond? A man who ha- a man who right here, this for those watching on Facebook, this part of Andre Drummond's brain is currently owned by Joel Embiid. He owns this part. It's his. It belongs to him. At this point, and, and, and let's and, and let's keep going. If you Watch what Joel Embiid has been doing this year. Are you afraid of Kevin Love? Are you afraid of JaVale McGee? Now, granted, yes, they need rim protectors. And those are guys that 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 can do a job. But say they were able to find a way to bring in a Kevin Love. I don't know if the money works for that one or someone of that ilk. Plus mm-hmm. a JaVale McGee to be a rim protector. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now I'm very nervous. Okay. And and when you have a roster like this in today's NBA, the, those are the type of teams, your veteran free agents, your role players who are available who fit mm-hmm. a specific need tend to gravitate to. So, again, I don't think what we see now from the Nets roster will be the final form it takes once you reach that 
mm-hmm. March, April stretch leading up into the playoffs. You know? So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, and I like this guy, but I wouldn't be surprised if ben, if Brooklyn were to trade a Spencer Dinwiddie mm, yeah. to to bring in because he he's a excuse me he's a guy who would have some value and could probably bring bring in a solid big in return to help shore up your front line. What would you? I I guess when you say a solid big in return, are you talking about a solid big other than the names that we've heard? We've heard Andre Drummond, we've heard Kevin Love, we've heard JaVel McGee. Honestly, for what for what the Brooklyn Nets needs are, there are a lot of options. Okay. Because you don't really need anybody who's an offensive weapon at all. Mm-hmm. Run the floor, rebound, block shots, finish at the rim. You can do that. We can pl- We can win games with you. Mm-hmm. That's all they actually need out of their big man. They have, mm-hmm. they've got buckets to spare on that team. They do. So, on the flip side, then, let me bring it back to the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Because this is, you know, this is a game of chess, not checkers. You see you see Brooklyn making a move. What type of move do you think that the Sixers would need to make to counteract that? Uh, so there are a couple things the Sixers could still use. Mm-hmm. They could use a second ball handler, someone who's capable of creating a shot for himself and others. They could also use someone who's capable of playing the backup four spot at a decent level as well. Those are the two positions, areas of need I could see the Sixers looking to add some help. Right now, backup four is Mike Scott. And after him, there's nobody else on the roster who plays the four position. Mm. So you've got Tobias, Mike Scott, Ben Simmons, I guess you could play there. Yeah. And that's it. All right, got, so, a, uh, got a quick uh, viewer, uh, viewer comment. Said we don't have anyone to guard KD or Harden at the end of the day on the perimeter. Our bench may be our only saving grace. Do you agree or disagree with that? I disagree. Um, well, if you're talking about specifically those guys, KD or Harden, there is no one that can quote-unquote guard them. If you're talking about take them out the game, shut mm-hmm. them down, these guys are too talented for that. No, of course, nobody can do that. So to that end, nobody in the league has a guy who could do that. But if you're talking about being able to make these guys work hard for everything, Ben Simmons on the perimeter is one of the best defensive play options in the league to guard someone like Katie. So to that end, you actually, outside of LeBron and Giannis, who else would you rather have guard Katie than Ben Simmons? So you put Ben... So you put Ben on you put Ben on on KD, mm-hmm. and I wanted I, I wanted I honestly wanted to get your opinion. You throw multiple bodies at Harden. You throw multiple Danny Green, Thibault. They're all decent no, plus level defenders. Speak on Thibault. Multiple, 
I want multiple I, bodies to throw at Harden. Speak on Thibault this year. We haven't really talked about him this year because he struggled offensively. But I feel he's like he's finding his way. He's, he's got to make the jump shot more consistent so that he can earn his minutes. But he's capable of being a solid contributor for this team, especially yeah. off the bench in that second unit. But I I I love what he's doing on the defensive end. It's Absolutely. like he's let he's letting his defense keep he. he it would be easy to see how he has struggled offensively and think that he's just going to, you know, there'll be less and less minutes and he's going to find his way out of the rotation. But he's playing defense at a level that keeps him in the rotation. You talk Absolutely. about who's going to defend on, you know, who's going to defend a KD or a James Harden. It's like, look, you you know that James Harden is going to get you some buckets. Mm-hmm. But you know how James Harden will get you buckets. James Harden will get you 35 points on 72 shots. Mm-hmm. If but, I can make him shoot with become a volume shooter yeah. who has to dominate the ball and yes. play in isolation to score his points where the rest of his teammates are taking a take it out of rhythm and end up just kind of stand around wait, waiting for him to give them the ball at the end of the shot mm-hmm. clock if he gets triple team, I'll live with that offense and I'll live with whatever numbers Harding gets in that offense. Now, what you don't want to see the Brooklyn Nets do is develop some sort of flow to their offense where they're playing motion and trusting each other. They do that. I don't even really care about their defense. They're going to score 160 points a night. So, but back to the question that got us talking about defense to begin with. Ben Simmons is the answer to who's going to guard these guys. Thibault and Danny Green are both also very good defenders. Danny Green, a little bit more of a veteran, so he's not Mm. as fleet of foot as he used to be, but he definitely is a very smart, heady defender who knows where to be, how to read the court. And Thibault, he has great natural defensive instincts and the young legs to go with it. So defense is not necessarily my concern for the Sixers on the perimeter this year. Um, Seth Curry, like last year, you used to always hear me really get worried when teams had smaller, quick guards Mm -hmm. that I felt like we didn't have anybody who could match up with. Your Terry Rozier's, your Kimball Walker's, those guards of that ilk. While Seth Curry may not be a lockdown defender, Mm -hmm. he's at least not a liability. Yeah. I don't feel bad with him out there playing defense. Seth Curry is extent. Seth Curry is not JJ Redick, right? Whereas JJ Redick could come in when you had when the Sixers had JJ Redick, you knew you had a guy who could hit a jumper in clutch moments, but you also knew that at some point in time you would need him to play defense, and then all bets are off. Seth Curry is not that guy. Now that Seth Curry don't have COVID no more, you know you can count on him, and he could be he. I, I like him defensively. I, I like I said, they for the first time in a long time, these dudes got guys that can shoot. Mm-hmm. There are people on this roster that can shoot, and the Sixers haven't had that in a long time. No, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, it it, it feels just, like go back just to three seasons ago. You had JJ Redick, Ursan Ilyasova. Mark, Mario, Bell, 
Marco Bellinelli. Mm-hmm. Um, you had guys on that team that could shoot. Problem with those guys was all of your shooters were defensive liabilities. Mm-hmm. So when you put them on the court, you were sacrificing the ability to guard anyone on the other end. Mm-hmm. And additionally, Bellinelli and J.J. Redick, who were perimeter players, weren't very adept at putting the ball on the court either. So they were liabilities in that aspect as well. So it's not just the shooting, but you have shooters that are actually ball players and not just shooters. Mm-hmm. Real quick, uh, shout out to my man. Kareem made this comment. He says Curry is a liability against the Nets. you agree or disagree? Well, if, it, if that's in regards to my statement that I don't feel like Curry is a liability defensively, Curry versus Kyrie. Kyrie probably wins that matchup in a one-on-one setting. But I don't want to go to X and O here to try to explain this. No, no, no. But now go X and O with Ring. You could you could go X and O. It's all right. Go ahead. But but there there are ways where when I have a guy who I may not be able to guard one on one, but team if that guy, if I'm able to bait him into over-dribbling or overshooting, even though I, the fact that I can't guard him can actually be detrimental to him and his team. Mm-hmm. If I can bait him into making bad decisions because he thinks he has a favorable matchup, and Kyrie is the type of guy who could be susceptible to those, to those type of things. Yeah. JB, you've heard me talk about that little guy on the shoulder on one. Mm-hmm. Go in. You're nice. Go ahead. That's yeah. the team. Mm-hmm. That's the team. You know, that guy. Yeah. So, in that sense, I don't necessarily, again, I don't necessarily think Curry will be a liability. It's, it's I, I don't want, I'm not calling him a strength at any point. But I'd call I'd call him a scratch level defender, you know, where mm-hmm. I'm not it's not a minus, I would not necessarily a plus either, but I can live with it, especially if I have multiple other good defenders out there with him. Mm-hmm. Similar to um how Steph Curry was in Golden State's championship years. Golden State was ranked as one of the top team de- defenses in the league. Steph Curry, not a great one-on-one defender by any stretch, mm-hmm. but by knowing where to be, knowing how to read passing lanes and angles, you can become an adequate, if not good, team defender. And I think a lot of people confuse team defensive concepts with the idea of being one-on-one lockdown type defender. And a lot of guys aren't that in the NBA these days. That's a very difficult thing to be is that one-on-one lockdown defender. Mm -hmm. But what you can be is a guy who gives effort and is a very good team defender. Is this based on hope? Like you hope that Steph Curry will be that guy. Steph. Seth Curry will be that guy. Is that more hope or is that more what you've seen like like what do you what do you base that on? What do you mean? What, like, is that hope or 
I don't think I said that Seth Curry's a lockdown defender. Mm-hmm. I don't think I said Seth Curry will win that matchup or take Kyrie out of his game or anything like that. What I am saying is that Seth Curry is a guy who is willing to give effort on defense, and he's a w- guy who's a smart enough player to be in the right spots mm-hmm. on defense. Yeah. That's, that's not hope. That is a understanding of play. When you watch tape, you get players' tendencies. And what most people don't understand, mo- most people miss about basketball, like and players in close games and tight situations, players generally revert to instinct. So, like, again, it's not a matter of Seth Curry stopping somebody. Mm-hmm. It's about it's a matter of Seth Curry playing good team defense. If, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, Seth, Cur- Seth Curry is a good team defender. In the end, you know how we have watched Kyrie enough times. We know the type of player Kyrie is and what you can force Kyrie to to do. Mm-hmm. Kyrie is somebody who when you if you put forth a level of defensive effort to him. He's going to dribble more. And then you, he's going to dribble more to figure it out. What he's not going to do, what what he's not going to do if you're playing hard-nosed defense on him, if you're, if you're big, and not necessarily lockdown, because we know Kyrie's too good of a player to lock down. I know that Seth Curry, we're not, nobody's saying that Seth Curry is going to lock down Kyrie Irving. But what you're saying is you can you can play defense, a level of team defense that will take them out of their offensive rhythm. Exactly. A, a, a level of defense that'll take like nobody like nobody's gonna nominate Seth Curry to be defensive player of the year anytime soon. Nobody's saying nobody's saying that. But what I am saying is, and I I think what you are saying, and and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Let me know if I'm wrong, and and I and I know you'll do that. <laughs> but I think you, Seth Curry, can do an adequate job, and and that's all you can ask for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I'm, know, I'm, stay I'm, stay I'm on him. Guys like KD, Harden, Durant. I'm not looking to at, for my perimeter guys to be lockdown per se guys as much as I'm looking for them to disrupt the flow of the team's offense to a point where mm-hmm. I can have them playing one on one rather than five on five. I th- that is what I'm that is what you do to a team like that. You I, I would you I, have to pick your poison at some point when you have that many weapons on off on the team. I'm not saying that Seth Curry is going to lock down Kyrie Irving, but I think if Seth Curry can make Kyrie Irving work to cook Seth Curry, that's going to take Brooklyn out of their game. Because then you have Kyrie working hard. Mm-hmm. There's still 24 seconds in the clock. You have Kyrie with the ball working to try and figure out Seth Curry. That's 24 seconds that James Harden doesn't have the ball. That's 24 seconds that KD doesn't have the ball. Is Kyrie that person that will say, hey, I'm frustrated, let me give the ball up and let me work my way back around the uh, the court to try and figure this out? I'm not saying, like, like 
Kyrie's going to get his buckets, but it's how he gets his buckets that's the problem. Exactly. That's the issue. Like, I don't – like, I look at the Sixers team the way they're currently constructed. Now, Brooklyn can still make a move. Philly can still make a move. That's still – all. that's still, you know – that's still up at, you know, remains to be seen. It's January. But at this point, I don't believe that the Sixers are out of their league against Brooklyn. Mm. Brooklyn's not head and shoulders above the Sixers. Don't let people tell you that. Brooklyn, that, that team is not a perfectly constructed team. No. They have their own flaws. No, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They have flaws that can be exploited just like anyone else. All right. Uh, Reams all over this show. He says, uh, six is, let's see what he said. I'm, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to bring up all these comments. He's, he's, he's losing his mind in the comments section. He said, we're going to have problems scoring. Are we going to have problems scoring? Are we going to have problems scoring? I just watched. Um, I just watched. I I just watched Embiid hang twenty eight on uh, on 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 the Lakers. Tobias had twenty four. Ben had a triple double. Well, I think that goes back to what we were saying. The I'm, questions mm-hmm. about the Sixers still are on the come playoff time against good teams and come road games and such. That is the question that still has to be answered. Yeah, mm-hmm. like we've said, their offense has had a better flow to it to this point. But especially without adding a second ball handler or someone who's adept at creating shots for himself and others, there it is possible that the Sixers have, go through stretches where they struggle to score. Now, mm-hmm. that I agree with Reem completely. This team could definitely has issues in that department where they could be could struggle and go through lulls offensively. Mm-hmm. But if anything is going to be the concern for the Sixers, yeah, that would be it. So is that so do you would you say that the Sixers need to they need to add scoring? Playmaker. You look at the Sixers upcoming schedule and I think this is I think this next week and a half, this next two weeks, will be very mm-hmm. telling. A lot of road games, a lot of tougher teams. You're looking at Minnesota. You're looking at Indiana. You're looking at Charlotte. You got home against Portland. And Saturday the 6th, next Saturday, you got Brooklyn coming to town. First time against Brooklyn this year. Mm-hmm. You got Minnesota. I mean, look at this this schedule. This, this is telling because you got a, a, a you got two tough road trips ahead of you. You're going to Minnesota, to to Indiana, to Charlotte. You come home against Dame Lillard in Portland, home against uh, Brooklyn, and then you got a West Coast trip where you go to uh, Sacramento. To Portland, to Phoenix, to uh, Utah. Then you come home against Houston. So it's reckoning time for this team. We could be back in two weeks, and we'll be sitting. We'll be doing one of those. What's wrong with the Sixers show? 
my question to you is what do what do the Sixers lean on as they go as they go forward? Uh you got Friday against Minnesota, you got Indiana, you got Charlotte. Then you got Portland and Brooklyn. That's five games. What do you where do you see the Sixers next five games? Indiana, that should be a win. Charlotte should be a win. Portland. Portland at home. A, that'll be a tough one. Um, Brooklyn, that'll be a tough one as well. Mm-hmm. I think you probably get out of that stretch with Three, winning three out of five. Uh, yeah, I, I'd give them three out of five wins. Three out of five wins. So they can, you, you you can see three and two. Three, mm-hmm. three and two. All right. I mean, for five for for a stretch where you got three road team, three road games, two home mm-hmm. games, two tough home games, two tough home games. Even though you played better on the, uh, you played better at home. I, I, you know, I can live with that. Reem said, and I'll I'll let this be the last comment of the other night. We're trash without MB. And unfortunately, I don't have an argument for that. I can't sit there and say, "Hey, man, you wrong," because because they have struggled without him. But we'll fig- we'll figure that out. Without him beat, there's nobody else on offense that's capable of drawing a double team, so it gets a whole lot easier to defend that team. Yeah. And he's the anchor of your defense as well, or your best rim protector. So, mm-hmm. like, given the two, that team's a complete – they're night and day without him beat. Well, I'll put it to you like that. You Saying everything that you just said, does that make his case for MVP stronger? Absolutely. This, right now is – right now. This season, he's, he's top three – Top two MVP race at this point. January 28, 2021. I'm asking you, is Joel Embiid the NBA MVP? He would have my vote right now. Okay. All right. All right. Well, there we go. Hey, let us know what you think of this. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at BITW Sports, or hit us up at Jonesy and Brown. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Jonesy and Brown. Three words, Jonesy and Brown. My name is John Brown. That's Mike Jones. Back in the day, like a long time ago, like sometime in the 90s, people ain't want Mike Jones. No, it's a rough life. But now, 2021, things have changed. No, I'm not. So what happens? Stay tuned next week. Nah, man, we ain't waiting till next week. I'm gonna let the cat out of the bag. They all want him. They all want him. All of them. Every last one of them. They want Mike Jones. Y'all take care. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace, y'all. Hey. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports.